Well, good morning. Thanks to Daniel and the team uh, for leading us. If you have your Bibles, I would invite you to turn to Ephesians chapter 4. And also, while you're flipping there, when you came in, I know Paul made mention of it. Uh, you should have, we tried to make sure that you received uh, one of these outlines of blanks. Uh, if you didn't grab one, if you didn't get one of those, Ryan's going to bring one to you. If you'll just slip your hand up, grab and Ryan will bring you one. Uh, also, there are plenty of pins. Uh, we got, yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah, just keep your hand up, Ryan, and get it to you. We have plenty of pins. And so, Ashley, my beautiful wife, when she came in, she said, what church is this that we have to do homework? Uh, to which I said, there is a comment box in the office right beside the paper shredder. Uh, but anyway, so... Uh, you grab that, uh, and Ryan, or Ryan will get you one, and if you also, if you need a pen, Paul's coming around. Paul's going to help Ryan. Uh, how about that? And there are pens in the back. Uh, and so, uh, also, uh, Luke uh, is gone again. He is in Sturgis, Mississippi. I didn't know there was such a thing. I just knew there was one up in South Dakota where the bike rally is. Uh, but anyway, uh, he's in Sturgis. It's right outside of Starkville. Uh, preached the disciple now this weekend there, uh, and uh, preaching there uh, I guess First Baptist Sturgis, I don't know what the name of the church is, I forgot to ask him. Uh, but he'll be back with us uh, next Sunday, he'll actually be uh, sharing next, next, next Sunday, so I'm excited about that. If you're a guest with us here this morning, and you're interested in Cross Point, you picked a wonderful Sunday uh, to be here, because uh, what we're going to do today is a little different than how we usually, uh, our Sunday mornings usually look. Uh, what we usually do as a church is we just open up the Bible, just kind of walk verse by verse. Right now we're studying through the book of Acts, uh, and so uh, we, we just finished chapter 4 last week, and and the second week of March, we'll begin chapter 5 of Acts. But uh, this morning, uh, what we're actually doing is actually going to begin to kind of overview uh, of who we are as Crosspoint. Uh, and we're actually calling it Starting Point. And then if you're a member of Crosspoint, you would say, Justin, uh, that sounds like, uh, isn't that the class you come to to become a member of Crosspoint? And that's exactly uh, what it is. And so if you're a guest with us, the way that you uh, typically, the way that you become a member of Crosspoint is we don't necessarily walk down the aisle and do a transfer of letter uh, or things like that. What we do is there's a uh, one-time class of orientation where we get together and just kind of talk through who Crosspoint is and what Crosspoint is. Uh, and then after that, uh, you can decide to, to, to join or not. And uh, actually this year we changed it a little bit to where you, you walk through the class. And after you walk through the class, uh, you schedule a meeting with one of the pastors, kind of where we walk through your story, how you got saved, uh, why, why do you want to come to Crosspoint, like what is it about Crosspoint, how do, you serve, how do you see yourself serving within the body, and then after that you join. And so that's kind of how Starting Point was uh, in the past, and that's how it will be in the future. But we, we, I felt led to, 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 for us as a church, like the timing was now, uh, for us just kind of reexamine who we are as a church and began to lay out some new things. Uh, the, the things that, I say new things, it's not like we came out with something creative on our own. It's, it's literally just kind of walking through, what does the Bible say about a church? And let's say that's who we are. That's what we're gonna do. So we're not, it isn't like Luke and I sat down and, and Ryan and Daniel sat down and said, let's come up with all the creative ways to say this is who we are as a church. No, we just kind of walked through the scripture and said, this is who we think we should be and this is what it should sound like. And so if you're a guest with us here, uh, you picked a great, you picked a great Sunday where we began to talk about, like I said, our our the overview of who we are and uh, and really uh, what is the church, like why why come to church on Sunday morning? What is the church? Who is the church? How do you become a member of the church? How do you become a member of the local church? Why become a member of the local church? And then how does Crosspoint fit itself inside God's design for the church? And so uh, the the goal of this series. Uh, is, 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 is a, like I said, it's a, it's a, as we, over the next four weeks, we will walk through an overview of uh, our doctrine, what we believe about the, as a church, our community and mission. We'll lay out actually a new vision statement that will, will be kind of encapsulates who we are as a church and what we believe, what we do, and why we do it. Uh, a summary of our church along with our core values. And over the next four weeks, we'll see what we believe about God, what we believe about the gospel and the church. Uh, and so when you think about the word church, it's a buzzword, right? Like it's a buzzword, just the word church. When you tell someone about your church, majority of the time they will say, 
where is it? Right? So when you say, I'm talking, you talk about church, well, where is it? Where, where is your church? Or, uh, uh, and ultimately, uh, or when do you meet? So where is it? Or, or when do you meet? And, uh, and, and what I come to believe is that our understanding of church will shape our life and our living. That when, whenever we see the word church, when we begin to think about church, the way that we understand what church is, it shapes our life and the way that we live our life. It shapes every fiber and fabric of, of who we are. Think about how people talk about joining a, joining a church like it's a, like it's a social club or, or thinking about people saying we're driving down the road to the church like it's a, a building or here's another one, I enjoy church like it's a show. So all around of us, this word church is, and what our understanding of church is drives how we talk about church. If my understanding of church is just a place for religious, like where we just get and have religious experience, then it is about I enjoyed it or I didn't enjoy it. Or I like those people or I don't like those people. It's it, well, our understanding of what the church is and what church is shapes everything about us. And I love this in Ephesians chapter four. I read the first uh, six verses last week, but this morning I'm going to read the a good bit, so bear with me. Uh, this is Paul writing to the church at Ephesus, and he says, I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. For there is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope that belongs to your call, one Lord of all, uh, one Lord, uh, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. Verse seven, but grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Now jump to verse 11. It says this, and he gave the, the uh, so, the, so, so we can walk in a manner worthy of our calling that he tells us in verse one and, and walk in humility and gentleness and patience and bearing with one another in love. This is what he says that God has done for the church in verse 11. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and the teachers to what? To equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ. Notice there that, this idea of church is, is referred to as the body of Christ. Verse 13, until, there's a building up until we attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro from, by the waves and carried by, away by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, who from, the whole from, from whom the whole body uh, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped. Check that. With each joint to which the body is equipped, and when each part of the body is working properly, it makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Man, what a beautiful picture of the church. I mean, what a beautiful, beautiful picture of where, where God has equipped the church with, or given the church uh, pastors, shepherds, teachers, so that to, to, to build up or train up the, uh, the saints for the work of the ministry. There, here it is. And the job is so that we, we move from spiritual infancy to spiritual maturity. There's this idea of discipleship, this, this change that happens to where we're, we're not tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine, but the purpose of that is so that when the body is working together properly, functioning as it should, it makes the body grow and builds itself up in love. The church isn't defined by a where, a what, or a when, but a who. And if we continue to treat our churches as little more than social clubs or buildings or performances, and here's my heart, and I said it last week, we will miss a truckload of support and blessing that God has blessed us with by the church. That we rob ourselves by not committing ourselves to a local body. If all we do is view, vote, view the church as, I'm gonna go to get some religious knowledge given to me on Sunday mornings or have this experience, and we're not connecting ourselves to a local 
group of people. And we're going to explain how we do that in the weeks to come. Then we're, 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 we're robbing ourselves. We're selling ourselves short of what God has blessed us. So why do this series now? Justin, you've been pastor for five years now. Why do it now? Because this is such a time as this is where God has led us to be. But specifically, today we live in a culture. And then uh, today it's, it's hard to see. And for many evangelicals or any, many professing Christians, what the idea of how do I connect this Christianity that has been sold to me as this personal thing, we have a hard time understanding how my personal faith is meant to be lived out in a corporate community. They think about church for the past 25, 30 years. It's about like the personal experience. It's, 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 you know, it's, it's about me and my relationship with the Lord where when we walk through scripture, it's, it's not just a personal thing, it's a community thing. It's a corporate thing where we are, we're living this life together. It's not just about what's me and what's mine, but it's to be enjoyed in the confines of what God has designed as the church. And so I don't, we have many people definitely in my generation that says, I don't have to be a part of a church in order to, to love Jesus and to know Jesus. Right, that's the old way of saying I can follow Jesus but not be a part of the church. And the reality is that's that's where we are in 2022. Like that is boom. COVID didn't create that thought, it exaggerated that thought. What's been coming down the pipe for the past 15, 20 years, now for the first time, I don't have to go to church anymore. I can have the First Baptist Church of me in my living room every morning. I can have the music that I like. I can have the message that I like. The sermon doesn't have to last longer than I want it to. I don't have to get out of my pajamas. I don't have to worry about drinking coffee that I don't like. I don't have to worry about coming into having weird conversations with people. And now for the first time, we don't have to. Studies actually say a third of churchgoers have stopped attending services since the pandemic. There are way more professing Christians than there are actual church members. The push to online services has lost the call to commit to a local body. Whenever we first started, this is funny, when we first started, when the pandemic started, obviously we had to adapt, right? And and so whenever we begin talking about, you know, cameras and how we're going to do the stream, and this is my exact, they can tell, they'll, they'll vouch for me. I said, this is what, we're going to get good enough at that so that people don't miss it, but I don't want to be good enough that people stop coming because of it. Like, I want us to be able to deliver our Sunday mornings for people who have to stay at home, like that, for, the, for them to be able to actually worship with us, but we're not going to make it to a point that it goes, all right, I don't have to go to church anymore. That's how we started from the beginning, but the reality is culturally, I'm speaking culturally, not just cross point, culturally, the, the move to online churches is for many has taken the place of actually rubbing shoulders with my brother and sister. To having to sit down with somebody I had an argument with last week. Or somebody who offended me even if they didn't know about it. Right? Like that's the world which we live in, yet God's call for the church has not changed even though our time has. I'll get to that outline in a minute. In a church culture of consumerism and entertainment, we've robbed ourselves to the beauty of committing ourselves to God's people. As I said, COVID-19 didn't suddenly convince Christians they didn't need church Millions had already made that decision even before online church or social distancing or mask. It just accelerated the long-trending separation between personal faith and an organized church. The shutdowns caught us all by surprise, but it's hard to get back into the habit once habits have been broken. So why now is because it's an appropriate time for us to call ourselves back to committing to God's people. And not just COVID, y'all. I, listen, I don't talk about this much, but debates over vaccines and masks and et cetera, anything politics has, has caused division among the church. 
elections, racial unrest, and combine all these things together, then suddenly we lose our one weekly service where we're unified in this experience called worship and the bonds of affection, and suddenly our unity begins to be frayed by these tertiary things. We have many reasons not to be committed to gathering with a local body and committing ourselves. Like I've said already, no need to wake up early. No need to come look for a parking spot or, or even put my pants on before I go to church. No need to small talk. But what I'm calling us to is, for lack of better terms, for if you've been a member at Crosspoint, I told you last week, this is a hard ask. And if, you're, if you've been on the fringes and maybe been visiting Crosspoint and you, you're ready to jump on board, Say, yes, I want to be a member of Crosspoint. I want to connect myself. And so over the next four weeks, we're going, to, we're going to show you what that looks like and what that means. We're not saying, all right, at the end of the service today, come down forward if you want to sign a piece of paper. That's not, but this is to begin to get our minds going. And here's ultimately in a nutshell. If you've been a member of Crosspoint, let me talk to you first. Uh, think about it like this. Think about it like a vow renewal to where... What we're walking through now is like a recommitting yourself to one another, recommitting yourself to God, recommitting yourself to one another. It doesn't mean your membership in the past is, is not valid and it's not, well, it's not voided, but today you're saying, I'm committing myself, not today, but in the next couple weeks, I'm committing myself afresh to God's people called Crosspoint Church. And we'll unpack that as we go. Now, so well, where we need to go before we identify the local church of Crosspoint, now I'm getting to your outline. I'm good. I've got great, um, all the time in the world. What I want to do is I want to start at a 30,000 foot of asking the question, answering the question, what is the church? What is the church? When we begin to talk about church, because this is, so some of this, you're going to say, Justin, this is so elementary. But for some of you, you're going to say, all right, thanks for answering this question. Like, why is, why is there such a thing as a church? What is the church? And I'm, I'm hoping to help some of us, but for some of us, I mean, to be reminded that even though we're talking about the local church at Crosspoint, that ultimately we're a part of a bigger body. Like we're, we're a part of a bigger thing. We get so consumed on our own story that we forget, hey, no, God's saving people all across the world. And listen to me, the church is just more than Crosspoint. But anyway, what is the church universally? The Bible, we see it in Matthew chapter 16. Um, yeah, I have references on your outline there. I'm not going to read all these because if I did, it would take me four weeks just to get through this introduction. But just about every single one of these have scripture references on them. So what is the church? It's the, the word ecclesia that we see. Uh, it means the assembly, like the, the assembling of. It's, it's, a, it's a group of people that there's an assembly that God has called. We see it in Matthew 16, 18. So what is the church? It's an assembly. It's a, it's a group. It's a, it's a people coming together, if you will. We believe that the church is all people for all time who are saved by God through Jesus. Think about that for a moment. When, when we talk about we are part of the church, what we're saying is, is I'm a part of the same group of people that the apostle Paul was. Like, when we say the church, we're talking from, from all people from all time that have been saved by God through Jesus Christ. Think about not just currently, but for all time. That's the church. Like, when you see the church in Revelation, it's not just the church of 2022. No, it's, it's from the, the very first one into the kingdom to the very last one in the kingdom, the, the church. So the church is people. I want you to catch that people, all people from all time who've been saved by God, past, present, future. Scripturally, where do we, what are the descriptions of the church in the Bible? We read one in Ephesians, but the first one we wrote down is that in Matthew, we see that the, the, that the church is known as the family of Christ. Look at that word, the family. When we talk about the church, it's the, the family of Christ. Not just individual people, but a family. This is Bible, y'all. If you don't like the word church, then throw in the word family there. We also, like we just, we read, we read is that we're the, the bride of Christ. It's not a, 
a when or a where or a what. It's a, it's a who. It's a family. It's a, the bride of Christ. We see in 1 Corinthians 12, it's the body of Christ. So when we're talking about the church, it's, a, it's an assembly. It's a, it's a group of people for all time who, who have been saved by God and it's pictured as a family, as a bride, as a, as a body. And there's more if you walk through scriptures. That's just the ones that we chose to put in here. It's, it's, a, it's a people. And isn't it interesting that in Ephesians, I'm not going to ask you to flip there when when Paul is writing to the church at Ephesus and he's trying to describe what Christ's relationship is to the church, he uses the most intimate of all relationships. It's like the husband and the wife. So the church is described as the family, a bride, a body. So the next question is, well, how do we become a member of the universal church, the the church past, present, future so think about the words family, uh, bride, body. So think about the word family. You have to think about it like this. In order to be part of a family, like just think about it, me and like in our humanity, in order for you to be a part of your family, you had to be rather born or you had to be adopted, right? For all of us, you got here into your family because you're either born in your family or you're adopted in your family. And the good news is about the Bible when it comes to salvation and coming to the church, it speaks of both of those. The first of all, that we are born again by God. In John chapter three, there's a guy named Nicodemus who knew a lot of things, but he was just struggling in his life. And he came to Jesus at night because he didn't want to be seen as, because he's a religious leader. He didn't want to see other people seeing him. And so he came to Jesus and said, what must I do to inherit the kingdom? And Jesus said, dude, you got to be born again. And they was like, well, how can, how can I ultimately, I mean, to be not, you know, how can I go back inside my mom and come out again is what he asked. That's impossible. And he says, no, you have to be born from above, born again by God. Why? Because we are sinful people. We're broken. Scripture says we're dead in our sin. And this idea of being in the, being in the family of God is the furthest thing from my thought process. We had this idea, I remember growing up, and I've shared this a lot, is that I had this girl that I went to elementary school with, and she would always tell me that I'm her brother in God. And for a kid that didn't grow up in church, like that was like totally, it was like, what does that even mean? I've never even heard of that terminology. Like, no, my name's Holofield, and your name's, we're not brothers and sisters. No, we're, we're, we're both we're both brother and sister in God because God created us. Listen to me. That's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches us that we're born enemies of God. In order for us to be in the family of God, we've got to be born. Like our first birth didn't cut it. We have to be born again. Spiritually, where God takes the dead man and makes him alive. That he takes a heart of stone and puts in a heart of flesh. That he, that he literally takes what was dead and regenerates it and makes it born again, firstborn from the dead, what we talked about with Christ and his resurrection. And because of his resurrection, you and I now could be born again. So how do you become a member of the universal church? First of all, you got to get born again. Ye must be born again. Or you sell my people, there you go. Secondly, you have to be adopted by God. Listen to me, these aren't, these aren't, they don't happen like at different times. When you're born again, you're adopted. And what will you, or you're called, like everything happens simultaneously. But I'm using these words. So, first of all, you're born. Second, is that you're adopted. By God. You see different references there where God takes us who were orphans, if you will, without hope, without future, without inheritance, without promise, and He adopts us into His family. He makes us heirs with the Son. And here's the picture that I want you to see. 
when we're adopted into the family of God, we don't just gain a father. Listen to me. We gain brothers and sisters. In order to be a part of a family, you're born and you're adopted. Well, when you're born into the family or you're adopted into the family, you don't just gain new parents, you gain brothers and sisters as well. Listen, family doesn't always get along, but they persevere through conflict. They walk through life, continue on. So you're born again by God. How do I become a member of the church? I'm born again, I'm adopted, and here it is. I'm called by God and set apart for God. This assembly, this word ecclesia literally means it, we're, it's an assembled out, it's, it's a called out one. And a picture of the church, listen to me, is that we are, we are called out by God. We're set apart by God. Uh, scripturally speaking in the New Testament, we're the new covenant, the new covenant where we're paid for by the blood of Christ and the broken body of Christ. It's equivalent, say, think about it in the children of Israel. If you're not familiar with church, uh, in the Old Testament, uh, so the time before Jesus came, there was a group of people called the Israelites or the Jews. And God, of nothing of the, of the Israelites, reached out to a guy named Abram and said, hey, through, I'm going to make a covenant with you, and through you, I'm going to bless the world. Through you, I'm going to, to, to be a blessing to all the other inhabitants of the earth. God called the children of Israel out. for a spe- He called them out from the world to bless the world. So in the New Testament, since what happens is the church is the new Israel where God calls us out of the world to be a blessing to the world. That there's something different about the church. We're born again, we're adopted, and God calls us out. So who can visit a church building for a worship service. Anyone. Anybody can come through these doors and and experience star worship service. But who can belong to a spiritual family called the church? Only those who have entered the kingdom. Only those who have been born again. Only those who have been adopted by God. Because without being born again or adopted, then there is no church membership to be had. So let's now drop down to our level as Church Universal. How do I become a member of a local church? So so now we're about to enter the doors of local church membership. How can one become a member of a local church? First of all, salvation, being born again, being adopted. And this is one of my, this is one of my heart, one of my hearts, I only have one heart. One of the things my heart is passionate about and, and want to be careful of is I believe that there are a lot of church memberships in our, some in our church and throughout is that, that there, are, there is local church membership but there is no salvation that's been experienced. I think that's one of the reasons why the Bible Belt, and that, listen to me, that's our context by the way, that's where we live, is such a hard place to reach is because people have been labeled a church member, yet they've never been born again. And that church membership has provided this false sense of security that I'm going to the right place, I'm doing the right things, and I'm not doing this like to shame anyone. What I'm saying is where I want us to head is that we do, we try our best to do nothing to aid into false senses of security. What I desire at Crosspoint is what we know as a regenerate church membership. That are, that where we actually are serious about, I have really have been born again. And we walk through that. And, and not that I'm the judger of the one salvation, but we understand that the church, the local church, who can, who can join those who've been saved? We believe here that... Um, that those who've been baptized can join a local church. You see that as examples throughout the New Testament. And so what I'm saying, so Justin, we're gonna answer that as we go. What you see in the New Testament is that they, they believe, they were baptized, and they joined a local body. 
They believed, they were baptized, they joined a local body. And we'll expound upon that as we go in the next couple weeks. So how to become a member of a local church? We believe salvation and baptism by immersion. And I said, when we get to the things that we believe, we'll explain why on those things. Number three is that we commit. So how do I become a member of a local church? I'm saved, I'm baptized, and then I commit to a local body. The word there is commit. God has done this. Now I have, I'm, I have God has saved me. I follow the Lord in baptism. And now I choose to commit myself to the local church. And here's, I want to draw a line here. Are you ready? You're already part of Universal Church, right? You've been saved, you've been born again. That's all you have to have to enter into the kingdom. But what we're calling to here is the next step of committing myself to the local body. So what does that mean? Justin, I don't want to commit myself to a local body. What I would say is you're still free to come. Come here as much as you want to. Just because you say, Justin, I don't want to join. Maybe you do need to go visit somewhere else, but say, they keep coming on. But what we're calling to is for us to say, oh, you know what? I'll commit myself to these people. Why is church membership so important? Why is this such a big deal? Well, we want to be a people of the book, and the book shows that people join themselves to local people. There's a biblical example. What we've been studying Acts is here's these people who were all right here together so they committed themselves to one another. And as the gospel goes and it spreads through the book of Acts, what you'll see is there's people in these little regions, these little pockets of places that, oh, you're a believer? I'm a believer. Let's start joining, let's start joining in with one another. Let's start loving each other. Let's start worshiping God together. And they began to covet themselves to one another. You see it even in the book of Revelation, even though most of them are bad letters, but what they're saying is that, that, John, that Jesus is literally talking to specific people, church groups in specific areas, that there is a biblical example, and it's a practical example. We'll get to that in a minute, where we commit ourselves to local people. Oh, but I love this one. It's a glimpse of heaven. That when we gather together, when we commit ourselves to one another, what we get is a foretaste of of what we will experience in eternity. When the church... Oh man, have you ever thought about that? Like, obviously, I know, like, don't judge me. Like, I know Jesus is the center of attention, right? Like, like it's all about Jesus. You imagine walking up and it's like, that's Peter. That's Paul. And that's so-and-so. And where we're worshiped, like the glimpse. So when we gather together, what happens is we're committing ourselves to one another. We're singing songs and hymns over one another, praying for one another. We're, we're, we're preaching the word over one another. What happens is it also connects our mind to the greater picture of, of the church. And what does that do? It reminds us that this place isn't even our home. We're pilgrims, we're sojourners. What, what, what I actually... I heard it, I read it, heard it, read it somewhere. I did, somebody told me this somehow, that the church is where heaven meets earth. And what that means is, is like whenever we commit ourselves to one another, we get reminded of why we're here and what our purpose is and not to dig our heels in this place too much because we're not gonna be here forever that there are greater things to be focused on that deserve our affections and our compassions and our, effect and our emotions. Thirdly, why is it important? Because it gives us a people, a place, and a purpose to connect to God's mission. Why, why local membership? Because it gives me a local people. It gives me a local place. And I find that purpose locally to join God's mission when I commit myself to God's people in a local place. Everybody with me? Am I going too fast back there? Am I? Thanks, Kennedy, doing a great job. So, the cultural problem regarding church membership. And so when I, when I began to talk about this, I'm not just, I'm not indicting anybody, pastors before me, I'm not indicting you, I'm not indicting, it's, it's all of us, all of us together. There has been a low value of church membership. 
They haven't valued what it actually means to be a church member, commit myself to a local group of people. And that's, that comes from top down. As in that comes in culturally across the United States over the past couple of decades where we've, where we've moved away from this idea of this organized, I don't want to use the word religion, but this idea of where we, with this organized church where we, we do churchy things and, and things like that, what happens is, is that the, just the value of, it's not important for me to commit myself to a local people. There's no value in that. It does me no good. It does not serve me in any capacity. Which, in turn, gives way to low expectation for church membership. To actually expect our members to be here and expect our members to, solve, to serve and to, to volunteer and to, to give and try to maintain the, the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. And because there's no value, then I, there can't be any expectation. That's with anything in life. Go, go, to, go, to, a, go to your workplace and tell somebody like, oh, it doesn't really matter what you do, then get on to it for not doing anything. And I'm not saying that's how a church membership is about to come. We're about to come with a rod, but that's the picture, is if we don't value something, there can't be expectation to it. Which gives way to low standard and low commitment. So, here's our desire at cross point through what we're about to walk through. So maybe everybody's Maybe you're breathing a little better that I'm not doing anything crazy. Here's, here's, my, here's our hope and our, our desire at Crosspoint is that we, that we raise the value and the expectation and standard for church membership. That's, that's the goal of what we're doing, is to take back what the enemy stole whenever the church decided that it doesn't really matter if we talk about church membership, to reclaim what God has blessed us with. Church membership. The church is valuable because she was purchased by the blood of Jesus Christ. May we treat her as so. So let's go super ground level. Who is Cross Point? We got what is the church? How do we become a part of the church? How do we become part of the local church? Why should I do that? What's our What's our resistance to that? And so how does Crosspoint fit into that? We exist, and this is our new vision statement, if you will, we exist for God's glory by committing ourselves to God's truth, God's people, and God's mission. We exist as a church, we exist for God's glory. And we're going to do that by committing ourselves to three things. God's truth, God's people, and God's mission. I wanted that to sound as simple as possible. There's no vagueness to that. There's no, it's, we want to glorify God and we're going, we're, going, we're going to study his Bible. We're going to love one another and we're going to love the lost. God's glory is our, our motive and our goal. Of all that we do, God getting glory is our motive and our goal. All we do is for his glory. From any plans, any sermon, any music, any decision, God to get the glory. At any moment, it starts shining the light on man. We've missed the mark. We want God to get glory. And so your question may be, what is God's, are you saying, let's define God's glory. Here's a simplistic version for you. God's glory is his character on display. His his majesty, his splendor, his his superiority, his attributes is is being experienced. We we exist for God's glory, for his character, his his goodness, his, his majesty to be displayed. Like that's the purpose of our existence. We want God's character to be seen throughout the world, in our midst and throughout the world. 
So how do we glorify God? We respond to him in a way worthy of his supreme value and character. So God's glory is his character being manifested or being displayed or experienced. Well, how do we glorify him? We respond, a way, we respond in a way to which we've experienced that is worthy of his supreme character. And what happens is, is that whenever we are operating, we respond to him in that way, he is glorified. And scripture actually says that whenever we're glorifying him, what happens is through the church, his glory is being revealed even more. Simple, simple concept. How do we glorify him? We respond to him in a way that's worthy of who he is. As we're doing that, scripture says actually uh, that, that others may see your good works and glorify your father in heaven. You know, Sermon on the Mount there, that's the, that's the So let's just respond to him in a way that he's worthy. We're gonna be glorifying him in doing that. And what happens is as we're glorifying him, actually his character is being displayed even more, which is his glory. I know that was a mouthful. If I need to slow that down, I will. So, at Cross Point, this is what the next three weeks will look like. We believe we glorify God through three core values. I've said them already. Number one is God's truth. And what we say by that is, is what we believe. Notice that's first. That's the first thing. Right? It's belief before behavior. It's identity before activity. It's I'm not going to do church the way that I want to do it. I'm going to go to truth and understand this is what church is. This is who the people of God are. This is how things go. And from that, we say, this is what we do. It's first. Luke told me the other day, he said, hey, if you really think that the truth is, is the center point of everything that we do, then stop apologizing for preaching too long at times. He said, stop. He said, if you really want to tell the church that we're committing to God's truth and you got to understand that they've been conditioned to sit under God's word. If they love it, they'll sit under it. And so I apologize for apologizing about (laughs) teaching God's word. But it's the center point. Everything's built off of it. Right? There's in, in church growth movements. It's you got to study this and you got to study that. You got to understand this and you got to understand. And then that's whenever you're going to build a church. Now listen to me. I don't build a church out of my own personalities, my own desires, my own likings. What I do is we look to the scriptures and from it, we find out who the church is. From it, we say, all right, though, now there are black and white areas of what the church is. There is room for, for personal preferences, but the beginning, it's the truth of God. What we believe and what we believe will drive what we do as the church. If we believe that the church isn't just an experience, if we believe that the church isn't just a place, if we believe that the church isn't, if we actually believe that this is God's people for all time, that are that they're gathered to, for his glory, for each other's good, then we will think about church differently. And how I commit to it. We will understand that this, this relationship that God has created in us is an eternal one. And I will invest into it. I will sacrifice for it. I will, I will commit to it. So next week, Luke will walk through core value number one, God's truth. Core value number two is God's people. That we commit ourselves to God's people, which means who we are. So in two weeks, we'll begin to walk through when we're gathered, what does that look like? How do we glorify God as a people? Local people, how do we do that? So that's who are we? Then the last week is core value number three, God's mission. It's what we do. So what we believe, who we are, what we do. I'm going to tell you, on March the 6th, so, yeah, at the end of this series, We'll get done with service. We'll walk through God's mission and how we are, com- are committing to that as a church. And then those who are guests or those who have no desire to be a church member will be, you know, we can leave and then we will join right back after service. And what we're going to do is we're going to pass out church covenants. And we'll explain church covenants 
as we go. And we're not asking everybody to join on that day. What we're asking you to do is take it home and pray for two weeks. Say, is this what I'm about? Is this what I want to do? But also on that day, I'll go ahead and tell you, this is one of the reasons why I'm so happy I hired Luke because I don't think about church constitution and bylaws. There'll be some amendments that have to change because we're changing some of our original covenant. Back in the day when Cross Point first began, there was actually there's a church covenant and there was some there was bylaws, constitution written, and some there's gonna have to be some amendments. And so hey, this is boring real quick, but this is so when we, what, what happened on March the sixth, we'll come back in here right after service. We'll pass out covenants, but we'll also pass out some amendments to constitution and bylaws. Whether the twentieth or the twenty seventh of March, we will all gather that PM. We'll all who for all who are ready, we will all join together at the same time. We'll have a short business meeting to vote on the amendments, and then we're going to throw a party. Cool? Everybody on, everybody on the page? Same page. So the next three weeks, you got our sermon topics. What's, here's what I'm expecting on March the 6th. We're going to have a family meeting. So past members, people who want to join now, we all come together, pass them out. And then, hey, here's what's real cool. Because we have a guy named Michael Tressa at church. And once we get these actual church covenants, we actually be able to make like, put it into a software. We can actually have each other's numbers and stuff. And be able to, if I want to send an email, I can send one out. And uh, it's actually going to all be, and if we only ever get crazy and do a church director, we have it right here. We just need pictures. It's going to be awesome. Anyway. <laughs> I, I am excited about where we're headed. And I hope you guys are. Um, There'll be a two-week break, uh, at least a two-week break between when we end the series to whenever we join. And uh, one, because we have to, because of our constitution bylaws, there has to be a two-week thing. Um, we also want you to pray, pray over that. And in those two weeks, if you have any questions at all, any at all, we'll be available to talk about those things. That way we can walk through whatever we need to walk through. And we're hoping that we're going to be as informative as possible as we walk through this, but we'll give ourselves two weeks to be able to walk through that. Everybody understand what's going on? Everybody on the same page? They understand why it's important why I'm asking you to be here for the next four weeks. If you can't, if you can't be here, no judgment. The sermon will be online. Also, if you missed notes, probably already right now, my, my, my outline is on our website uh, with questions. If you didn't know that, by the way, usually by the time we start church, my outline's already on the website. Uh, Anyway, I'm going to pray for us. But before I do, have you been born again? Have you been adopted? Because my desire is for you not to, not just be around church, not just get the blessings of being around God's people, which are great. It It should be beneficial for you to hang around God's people. But I want you to be a part of God's people. I want to invite you to join not just cross point, but church as a whole. How do you do that? Call upon the name of the Lord and he will save you. He will, he will cause you to be born again. Like maybe you've been like, you've been trying your hardest, right? Like you've been, you've been trying to live a good life. You've been trying to get it all right. You've been trying to do better but you're tired of it. Let me tell you something. You gotta be born again. Your first birth did not equip you to do what God has required of you. But when you're born again, you get a new life and that life is not yours. It's his sons who died on a criminal's cross. He who knew no sin became sin so that we become the righteousness of God in him. What that means is, is that Jesus, the perfect spotless one, when he was on the cross, his father treated him as if he was every sin that ever has been or will be committed. So that in turn, he could treat me and you like if we, as if we have never sinned before a day in our life. Oh, what good news is this gospel? Right? Hey, what good news is it? 
Will you believe this moment? Will you trust in a work that's done by the Son of God on your behalf? Scripture says that after he died, that he was placed in a tomb. And three days later, God raised him from the dead. That's when we have Easter. And then he walked on this earth for a little while with his, his disciples. And then in Acts chapter one, it actually says that he was standing there, then all of a sudden he just kind of lifted up. And we understand now that he is, he's seated at the right hand of his father. One day he'll get up and come back, but right now he's seated. And what scripture says is that because he's seated at the right hand of the father, that he says that all who call upon his name will be saved. <laughs> what, what good news? Not only did he do the work, but he's sitting in a place of absolute authority and power and control over everything. And he looks and says, listen to me, all you've got to do is call upon me. How free a gift, how beautiful a gift. Will you trust in that this morning? That's all it is. Call upon the name of the Lord. I'm going to be standing down here at the front. Is that you this morning? So Justin, I, I want to I be a part of this family. Just come down and say, hey, I want to be a part. If you need to pray, whatever you need to do, as such you move as the Lord leads. Father, we love you. God, we thank you for your love for us. Oh, God, we thank you for such a beautiful gospel. God, we thank you that while we're still sinners, that Christ died for their God. God, I thank you for the gift of salvation, the free gift. God, I pray that if there's anyone in here that has been holding on to church membership, has been holding on to anything in and of themselves for hope and peace, for eternity, God, I pray that, that today God, that they will lay those things down. God, that they will call upon your name. God, I thank you that when you save us, God, that you place your Holy Spirit within us as a seal, as a sign of our future inheritance. God, we know that one day we will be with you in fullness and all of your splendor that we will behold fully what it means to know you and to be yours. But God, I thank you that before that day, God, you give us your church to walk through this sin-stained world together. To love one another, to point each other to you. So God, I pray that you remind us of the blessing of, of living life with our brothers and sisters, the, the joy of living and serving with one another. God, I pray that you break our hearts. God, that you will, you will call us and cause us to repent of laziness and apathy in regards to your people. That today, starting today, that you would renew a fire within us to love you, but also to love your people. We love you. It's in Christ's name we pray.
Thank you, Justin, for this morning. Um, yeah, just as Justin was talking about membership and church membership, uh, I don't remember when I went through Starting Point, but I know that I've been here about 15 years. And um, for some of you in the room, you've been here since before this was a room. Uh, you were here when it was at the Cameron Center. And so you understand what church membership is, to be committed to a body of believers. Um, and so I just want to say to those of you who may be kind of weighing in your hands, commit. Commit to a local body. Because as Justin was saying, there's, there's things that are being a part of a, a local body that, that you're not going to get by, by visiting and hanging out. It's a, it's a community. It's a real community. It is people that will be there for you. Uh, when you need to move your stuff, run was a fantastic mover for a long time. I don't know if he still does it or not. But we have people who will be there to move you. We have people that will be there to pick you up when you are down. We have people that will bring you meals and love on you and pray for you and pray with you and pray over you. And let me tell you, that is something you're not going to get if you are not committed to a local body of believers. And so I'm saying from experience, from my family, and for everybody here, that we want you to be a part. We want you to be committed. As Justin said earlier, be, be committed to be here for the next three weeks and to hear what's being said, to pray over it, to process it, and then make your decision. Hey, we love you. And we want to love on you however we can. And that's one way we can do that. Um, I think that's all we got for this morning. We love you guys. You are dismissed. Have a great week.